Welcome to the COVID-19 Physician Wellness Podcast, an opportunity to provide ongoing updates and information to physicians during the COVID-19 pandemic. We have broken down our first podcast into two parts. In part one, Dr. Curtis Johnston, Edmonton's own Deputy Medical Director, and Dr. Deborah Wurzfeld, co-lead for the AHS Physician Wellness Portfolio, discuss the seven steps of resilience. Hello, I'm Dr. Kurt Johnston, an intensive care physician and the Deputy Zone Medical Director in Edmonton Zone with Alberta Health Services. With me today, I have Dr. Deborah Wurzfeld, a surgeon and Associate Chief Medical Officer, Physician Health, Diversity and Wellness with Alberta Health Services. The current climate in healthcare has recently been strongly impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Anxiety and fear around personal safety and uncertainty have made it imperative that we think about how leaders can positively affect those around them, how people can enhance their own resilience, how the effect of the environment on mental health and mental illness impacts us and what we can do to strive for wellness and prevent burnout. This podcast aims to provide healthcare leaders with information around these very important and timely issues. Deborah. As we've been thinking about this, I'd like to get your perspective on some of these issues facing leaders today. So how do healthcare leaders successfully lead during difficult and uncertain times? Well, thank you for that introduction, Kurt, and I'm looking forward to discussing these important questions with you. First and foremost, I think that leaders should seek to build trust through uh, the types of communications, uh, appropriate communications that they have with their team members, and building collaborations and coalitions. I think that's so important. They need to make it apparent that they are there for their team members, and there's many ways that they can do that, and we'll speak to some of them. Leaders provide clear and transparent communications around what is known, I think also around what is unknown, and that's very important, and they need to provide simple suggestions for moving forward, Uh, not always couched in the complex systems that we work in, but very simple things that people can do to affect change. Uh, Leaders should establish what are important lines of communication, and that should be very, very clear and provide information in a timely and consistent manner, generally at a set time every day or few days. And we've been seeing that across the country and globally where leaders have been rising to set specific times where information will be relayed to uh, the public and to other members who are dealing with these issues today. Um, People shouldn't be left to wonder when the next communication will be happening, and they should seek input as to what communications uh, people are looking for by asking open-ended questions. It might not always be apparent to leaders what uh, people on their team are looking for, so always leaving it open to what people are wanting to talk about and really listening. I think, importantly, leaders are aware of their own communication and leadership styles and how they come across in interactions. So they need to be able to adjust their leadership style to what is necessary, even in the moment. We have many people who are calling for different types of leadership style in this difficult time, and people need to know where their strengths are and uh, how they're going to help their people move forward and where they can adjust. Um, I think we need to know that in a lot of these situations, a collaborative approach will be more effective and recognizing in ourselves where we should use that. Thanks, Deb. So you've talked about 
that need for clear communication and also to understand that the style of leadership might change under these circumstances. What are some of the other behaviors that leaders can demonstrate in a time of crisis? Uh, thank you for that uh, great question. I think that really excellent leaders can, through their behaviors and through how they talk to those around them, show stability by making it apparent that they're leading through their own personal values. And they are very open about verbalizing how their values are aligned with their decisions where possible. Even bringing up in a conversation uh, that what we are doing is aligned with this value which I have. They need to know where the strengths in their team lie and they need to use these resources. They should be looking towards situations where they're leaning away from micromanagement and really bringing the strengths of their people to the situation, uh, allowing their team to be builders. Um, maybe some people are good at writing briefings, others are good at technical things. We need to recognize those strengths. Uh, great leaders recognize and verbalize that these are hard times. They don't ignore that. Uh, they outline that they are themselves humans and will make mistakes, especially in, in systems that we're dealing with right now that are very more chaotic and that the solutions may be evolving. And um, these solutions can come from anyone at any time and leaders need to be open to that. Wow, what great su suggestions. How would you suggest that leaders look after themselves? So I think in the last several years, we've had more and, and more focus on this type of um, situation and how leaders need to ensure that they're not just um, focusing on the front line, but also taking time to themselves. They need to set boundaries to maintain their own mental health and recognize that we are in this for the long haul. They do try to maintain a sense of humor and through their actions and behaviors remain calm, even if they aren't so inside. And recognizing really that if they're calm, it will support the calmness and hope in those around them. Importantly, I think they motivate others by allowing room for hope amongst all that is going on. Leaders are able to find hope in every situation, no matter how dire it may seem. And the really great leaders really bring that hope to the table. They ensure that others know that they are there for them. They highlight examples where people demonstrate character and excellence in trying times. They're always trying to recognize those around them. They need to build strengths. They need to do some of these things, especially during good times, such that their teams will be stronger even stronger when entering into these difficult situations. So let's um, shift a little bit to thinking about resilience through difficult times. So perhaps you could give us a bit of a definition of resilience and also how it can be built or manifested during such a difficult time. Yeah, so thank you for that. Resilience really can be defined as the capacity to bounce back or to recover quickly from setbacks. There has been a lot written on building resiliency. However, most recommendations around how to build resiliency can be encompassed within the seven C's approach to resiliency, which was first described by Dr. Kenneth Ginsburg, and which has been adapted by many organizations and individuals. Many of our listeners 
are probably aware of this approach, and I encourage those who desire more information to seek out the writings of Dr. Kenneth Ginsberg. So the first aspect is something we talk about at several other junctures within this discussion today, Kurt, and that is identifying where you have control in your life. As a leader, you also want to allow your team members to identify where they have control, including around what decisions are within their scope of control. And people also need to recognize that they can have control around their own mental, emotional, and physical health, how they respond in different situations, how they're able to maintain uh, good uh, health habits during this situation. At each level, we need to identify where people have expertise and control. Secondly, I think we need to identify strengths and identify where we have competence and where we are already coping well. So great leaders do this very well. They identify what they possess and what strengths they need to draw from others. Sometimes you will hear a great leader say, I don't have the answer to that, but this person certainly is the expert or has the answer instead of trying to espouse that they have the answers to everything. We need to identify what challenges uh, people are competent in and we need to allow team members to successfully navigate and where competencies can be used to build the team. So those who are resilient themselves, they know where their competencies lie to build resilience in others. They need to identify where strengths in um, their teams really lie. Um, competence, again, can be more readily built around areas where we feel we already have control. So the first two are really tied together. So Deb, you've identified how important it is to focus on what we can control and what we can't control and to be clear about the difference and also to understand our strengths and knowing when we can contribute and then when to draw on the strength of others. What else can we do when it comes to resiliency? So the third thing is really coping. We all have different ways of coping and we need to recognize in ourselves how we cope with things. This may range from certain things such as distraction, denial, withdrawal, some types of uh, positive reframing, which uh, some people are very good at. Um, there may be more effective ways of coping, such as activities seen in journaling, participating in hobbies, etc., which those who are more resilient tend to be open to exploring. So identifying our coping mechanisms, perhaps, which aren't really helping us in these situations, and turning to those ones which we feel are better able to um, lead us. Um, in medicine, it's been recognized that disruptive behavior may result from systemic issues which make it difficult to cope. Now, I think that's important here for all healthcare workers because the recognition that disruptive behavior is due to the environment suggests that when we see this type of behavior, we need to be reaching out um, we need to be inquiring about people's uh, stress during these, these times, and we need to seek to understand triggers in ourselves and others uh, and look for more effective ways to cope. Um, an interesting one is that um, resilience comes from confidence, and confidence has um, 
really been written about a lot more in the last five to 10 years. Those who are confident that what they're doing is having a positive impact will be more resilient. We must recognize this in ourselves and as leaders, we must support this in others by praising their efforts to make a positive change within the team or the system. Evidence also suggests that this type of support and praise may be even more important in women. So this comes back to, again, when we see things in team members, we must be open to uh, praising them and praising them in the moment. That's so important. And what I'm hearing is that as leaders, we need to have that outward focus uh, and, and having confidence in our own abilities allows us to, to be outward focused. And, and in addition to that, to demonstrate gratitude and acknowledge frequently the good work that people are doing. Uh, I've, I've heard that a lot of people have been really encouraged by simple things like uh, receiving a quick text from, from a colleague or something that's set through the group WhatsApp or a quick note of encouragement and and those things all are so meaningful and important for us to remember to do at this time. Deborah, I know you have a lot more to offer. Tell me more about what we can do to improve resiliency. So there's a few more things. Um, I think that resilient individuals have strong emotional and relational connections. Um, they develop networks of support and they're open to discussing their thoughts and feelings, especially during difficult times. Our leaders must support these connections and ensure their team members are heard, recognized and supported to develop these connections. And you've alluded to a few of them, such as um, WhatsApp. People are also becoming more involved in, in Zoom in developing these connections. So really think about where these communications and connections can be formed. The, the sixth one is developing resiliency through character or really having a sense of who you are and what you value. It might be a benefit for people to sit down and really think about the five or six uh, core values which assist them in uh, you know, helping themselves and other people bounce back and really trying to live these values through their behaviors and communications. Uh, the final thing and what's so important here is contribution. Uh, people who are resilient, um, are aware of what important contributions that they make to the system. And they may have a sense of helplessness, but they recognize that if they contribute, that they are going to be more resilient. Uh, this speaks not only to the individual, but also leaders in defining what contributions a person is making. And if you can see there's a person that might be better able to make uh, more of a contribution than reaching out to them, <clears throat> people, um, can become more resilient through this and better team members, regardless of the outcomes of uh, what we are trying to impact. Lots of great stuff here. And, you know, every everyone has some way they can contribute in this pandemic. And, and so recognizing uh, our own contributions, but as well as the contributions of others is really so critical. Um, and then to know that it's all aligned with both our personal and organizational values creates that a real sense of shared common purpose that is so important for us to have at this time. So in summary, focus on the present, what you can do now, what you have control of, and things which you know have been effective in the past. Uh, define those things which are within your control and look for practical solutions to what you are dealing with in the here and now. 
Do what you can to maintain open communication channels, even virtual ones. Strengthen the relationships with your team members, regardless of where people are located, and take care of each other. Well, Deborah, you have such a, a lot of great messages and uh, give us hope and, and a sense of direction. I know one thing I've taken away from our discussion today is is that it's not business as usual and it won't be business as usual for quite a few months. And uh, so what new schedule might I create that helps me focus on maintaining my own wellness and my own resiliency and putting some of these great ideas you have uh, into action. So it's it's been so good to chat with you about this. I thank you so much for your time and and for the very practical practical and meaningful suggestions that I know will help support so many through this very trying time. This has been the COVID-19 Physician Wellness Podcast. If you're interested in joining the Frontline Physician Zoom Room held on Monday and Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. or have suggestions for future topics, please email mdwellness at ahs.ca. Together, we'll get through this. Thanks for listening.